Welcome to the Heart of Dating podcast. Hey, it's Kate. I'm so glad you could join us this week as we try to untangle the ever so ambiguous world of dating as a Christian. Over here on Heart of Dating, we get real as we answer some tough questions and uncover transformative ways to approach Christian dating. Oh, and you better believe we have some laughs along the way, because last time I checked, the struggle is hashtag real. You know what I'm saying? Now, let's get to the heart of the matter. Family, let's go. It's season 9.5, and I can't wait. Of all the episodes I've listened to, this is maybe top three, top four, and my Heart of Dating Hall of Fame wall. Like this episode, I don't care who you are, listen to it for yourself if you're single. And then if you, this is the episode like you send to your single friend who's 22, 42, 62, doesn't matter. This is the episode. This is it. Look no further. Tara Lee, I can't tell you guys. I'm about to just jump into it. I got housekeeping stuff to do, but I'm so amped up. I can't wait. If you guys have not listened to it, this is by far one of the episodes that made Heart of Dating what it is. She is so good, and we're going to talk all about her. Tara Lee is a big deal, and I think when she did this episode, she was on the up and up, but like she is like top tier. Everybody knows Tara Lee. And she is just walking that walk. Like, she is amazing. She inspires me. She challenges me. Like, this is like, you know, there's very few people who I hold in this kind of, you know, sanctity of I deeply respect and revere. And TLC is one of them. So, before we jump in, let me tell you guys, conference, Heart of Dating Conference 2023 is in I think two days, two days. We can't wait. It's going to be amazing. The small groups are set. The watch parties are set. We've been sold out for weeks now in person. It's going to be popping Sunday. In case you guys didn't know, we we like to keep things fun. Like my self t- self-dubbed title at Heart of Dating is the fun master. Like Kate loves to do really deep, intensive, super, super vulnerable, awesome work. That balances me out. But when I come on the scene, I'm like, hey, I have one question. How can we make this fun? So I can't take all the credit, but on Sunday, we're having a singles party. It's going to be Y2K, early 2000s. We're having a DJ in karaoke. There's going to be a bunch of games and mingling. Uh, listen, this is how fun I I try to get a puppy a puppy pen. We're going to work with like a local humane society and we're just going to have a corner of the room just for puppies. You can go over there, pet a dog, see the cute girl, see the cute guy you had your eyes on be like, "Mm, they like dogs. I'm petting a dog. You like dogs. How about coffee next week? Okay. That's where my mind goes. Anyway, that's what we got going on. We're so excited to have you guys. Listen, TLC, what I love about this is Her heart for singles, her heart for the body of Christ, her heart for the church just like stands out. It permeates like she's the real deal. And behind closed doors and who she is authentically in real life, she's the same person. It's not a show. It's not a parade. It's not a charade or anything. She is so legit. And I love it. There's so many good quotes in here that are just like, 
I can't believe we have a single who's finally saying this. And she's not scared to hurt feelings in that sense. She is just here to challenge Christians, specifically single Christians, to be real. Like the word that comes to my mind about TLC is whatever she does, whatever she touches, she is devoted. She is just devoted through and through. She is a fellow Tennessean representing. And if you guys didn't know, when I say she's a big deal, I was blown away. Her podcast, The Bible Recap, they have D groups now for people meeting up. They have a book now. Her podcast, when I heard this, is a, it's a top 10 podcast in the world. Top 10, like think about all the podcasts Hers is top 10 in the world. It's that big of a deal. So I am so excited for you guys to listen today. What I love about this episode is that it gives an awesome snapshot, a real life walking example of a joy-induced walk of closed singleness. She like waves this flag loud and clear. <laughs> she, I, I'm laughing because you guys will hear this in the episode. Her friends don't even ask her to set her up anymore. They don't even ask. They know the answer is no. Why? Because she is just in closed singleness. And she is just resigned to what God has for her and her life. Guess what? Listen to this. This is so awesome because Kate has a similar story. Bible recap, this podcast that is impacting millions of Christians worldwide, it was born one month after her declaration of intentional close singleness. One month after the Bible recap was born. And the way she illustrates it, I've never heard this like blew my mind. She goes, when she's talking about her time and what she can do with her time, she goes, one hour of kingdom work was given back to me and my intentional close singleness than an hour I was giving away to a guy on a date. And really for women, it might be more like, you know, two and a half hours because you guys are so thoughtful. You guys are so awesome doing your preparation and your makeup and your outfits and really preparing and praying. So it's really more than just an hour. But she goes, the one hour I got back from a time I might go on a date was given straight back into kingdom work. And when we hear messaging like that and utilizing the time we are afforded in singleness, I don't think I've ever heard of a more clear trade-off and illustration than what she gave. She talks about Psalm 37.4, the deceptiveness of our hearts, the deceptiveness of our mind. Psalm 37.4 is right, the hallmark verse of a single, like, I delighted in you, God. Now it's time for you <laughs> to hold up your end of the bargain and give me that husband and give me that wife. No, it doesn't work like that. I'm sorry. But she goes all into it. I won't take her thunder because she's a, just a better communicator that I could ever hope to be. She talks about getting a no from God and accepting the spiritual truth that eclipses our desire. So how does our desire and how is that impacted by getting a no? And then, whew, guys, let me just say this. I'm going to wrap up on this. You ready? Whatever you do, do yourself a favor and listen to the last five, 10 minutes of this episode. I'm going to go ahead and give you a 2023 trigger warning that it's not for the faint of heart. If you want to be challenged, if you want to hear some hard hitting truth, then listen 
to last five, 10 minutes. Do not turn this episode off halfway through and then forget about it. I'm telling you, it is so good. This, like how she wraps it up, how Kate and her wrap it up is like the hallmark of what we preach. It should be the foundation, the cornerstone of singleness and how we view it. So I hope it deeply encourages you And I also really frankly hope it just deeply challenges you. If you guys are in a season of singleness, this is the message that you probably don't want to hear, but you need to hear. Okay. So we love you guys. We hope that permeates in everything we do. We hope you have a wonderful day. Goodbye, family. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Let's go. Tara Lee Cobble, welcome to Heart of Dating Podcast today, friend. I'm so happy to be here, Kate. This is fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, I am just so thrilled that we are doing this virtually. And, you know, I we have a lot of mutual friends. We just talked about a few before we started this interview. And I have a feeling we're going to continue to uncover even more ways in which we're connected. You know, (laughs) I'm quite sure. I'm quite sure we will. Well, I'm so excited to have you on here. For people who maybe don't know who you are, I'm just going to start by saying, you guys, Tara Lee was in our Heart of Dating conference about a few months ago. And Tara Lee, your talk in our Heart of Dating conference was easily the most listened to and talked about talks in the conference. And we're going to get into a little bit of that today, as well as some more details. But I'm just so thankful to have you on today to kind of have a follow-up conversation and go even deeper. For people who maybe didn't hear that talk, I want them to know who you are and what you do, because girl, you are doing some phenomenal things out there in the world right now. So tell us a bit about yourself. I live in Dallas, Texas, and I am a single person and uh, have always been a single person. I mean, I've dated, but, you know, I have never (laughs) been married. I run a ministry called D Group, which stands for Discipleship Group. We have Bible studies that meet in homes and churches around the world and online, and we just do deep dives into scripture or deep dives into books of the Bible or theology Mm. aspects that people want to learn more about. And then through that, through D Group and our desire to help people become biblically literate, we started a daily podcast to help you read through the Bible in a year. Yes. So if you've ever read your Bible and felt like, I have no idea what I just read, or do I need to know who these people are? <laughs> yep, or, exactly. Why did God do that? Or yeah. that seems mean. Why would God be mean? <laughs> we help you understand that. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like an eight-minute daily podcast that follows the chronological Bible reading plan. Yeah. So that's called Bible Recap. And um, those are the two primary things that take up my time, mm-hmm. in addition to leading trips to Israel. But everything I do is geared around getting people to understand scripture and love the God that they see there. Girl, it is so phenomenal. So I've been doing the Bible recap podcast. I do, I kind of do pretty much what you suggested as the pattern. So I, I have my Bible reading in the morning, the daily reading, a few chapters. I listen to it when I wake up. I love that you said this too. I'm just going to repeat what you said, like in one of your initial ones to start off the year, just that it's the first thing that you like to listen to or have in your mind is the word of God when you like, and, and I was like, oh, that is so good because how often do I, you know, go on Instagram or grab my phone or what have you, right? And, or answer texts, like who texted me while I was sleeping, you know, or whatever it is. And that's the first thing I do often. And so what I've been trying to incorporate instead is like what you, what you've encouraged us to do, which is wake up and have the word of God be the first thing I listen to. And 
gosh, girl, that has just changed so much of the last few months for me in actually trying to do that. I'm not going to lie and say I do it every single day. I try my best. You know what I mean? It's got to be real. (laughs) But it's it's super hard. Even for me, you know, that's for years that has been my goal is to let the first thing I hear and think about be the word of God. No one should be forced to be around me until I spent time with the Lord. <laughs> like I know myself, and so um, I, I definitely see a change in my day, my perspective, my attitude when I've been in the Word first. Oh my gosh, it's so funny you say that because this morning I woke up, I was a little groggy. I had was making my coffee, but I hadn't quite listened to, I hadn't quite put on my Bible reading of the day and somebody called me and I ended up answering, but I, you know, like the groggy Kate was there and no coffee, no Bible yet. And girl, I was not, I was not my best self. I was not my best self. I was like, I need to call you back. Like this is like, give, give me, me a minute. Yeah, get, I gotta get the coffee in here. Like I, my brain yeah. is not on function yet. Mm-hmm. I haven't done anything with the God yet today. Like just give me a second. So I seriously see how that happens. Like, you know, when I don't spend time with God, especially for me in the morning. That's when I just love starting my days that way. But you know, what I love about it too is, you know, I listen to it. I try to then read it in the Bible after I've listened to it. And then I go to your podcast and listen to those recaps. And honestly, I listen to them because they're so short. I listen to them like more than once to really grasp what you're saying. And I, I think it's just incredible all the things you pull out of the, you know, whatever the reading is for the day. So it's really, really amazing what you're doing, Terry. Oh, thanks, Kate. We're loving it. So <laughs> grateful for how God's using it. Yeah. And I know that you have a few things coming up too. I think you have book coming out. What else is going on for you? Yeah. (laughs) So uh, one of the things, the Bible Recap launched in January 2019. And so we're going through the Bible for the second time this year and basically the same content with a few things that we've tweaked. You know, I certainly made some errors along the way and uh, I've got to go record some corrections later today saying like Luke 10, 18 instead of Luke 18, 10 or things like that. Uh, We're doing it again, but from the beginning. So we've had people who've been doing it almost two years with us now. One of the major requests was that we would have the content in a book form, either for people who like to learn visually or they just like a tactile experience, or they're like, hey, I have a friend who hates podcasts, or I'm sure there are people who don't like the sound of my voice, but they still want the content (laughs) of that. And so we are doing the Bible recap book, which is the podcast in book form. It's like a a very polished version of each day's content. And so it'll be like a three laid, laid out 365 days and it's two pages of reading in this book. And that comes out November 3rd. So we're super excited about it. Oh, just everywhere great. books are sold. Yeah. And it's um, called the Bible Recap Book. So incredible, girl. I was thinking about it. I was like, she is writing this book. And she basically releases a podcast every single day. Like, I mean, I know they're shorter. But I just, my brain trying to wrap my head around that. Because it requires preparation. And I know you're saying, like, it's a lot of recycled content for the, and you make edits. But still, just my, my brain has been thinking about that and processing you are a very busy woman you know <laughs> getting to do what i love though yes. it's truly it's so great the reward of of what we've done what we've built is just I'm so thankful for it. It's my favorite thing I've ever done. Yeah, truly. It's incredible. So that being said, everyone should definitely now check out what you're doing. Everyone listening, don't stop this episode, but definitely check out what Tara Lee's doing. We'll say it again at the end of the episode and include it in the show notes. But today, Tara Lee, I so back to kind of your talks, I wanted to do 
our conversation today based on like almost a follow-up kind of and go into more depth and detail from your talk in the Heart of Dating conference, which you titled God's Kindest Answer. And one of the major themes that you did discuss in this talk was your journey to intentional singleness. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to repeat everything you said, but I want to know for anybody (laughs) who, who doesn't know your story or, you know, for me, I need to hear things multiple times. Like I listen to your podcast episodes multiple times. So could you share just a bit about what that journey has been like for you and where you're at today in your place of dating? Sure. I am the person who tried all of the advice that was given to me, even if it was juxtaposed advice, like people would say, you know, be really discerning about who you go out with and then be open and go out with anybody who just give them a chance. It's just a date. And just all of the advice. Mm. Uh, I followed every stripe of advice, just every lane. (laughs) And it all kept amounting to nothing. It kept ending up frustration and I ended up in a few, you know, relationships through the years, mostly people I had met in real life at church uh, or at school or things like that. So I, I had been in relationships and had been in love and and had always pictured myself as a person who would be married someday. That was the dream. And it just kept not happening. And so I began to grow increasingly frustrated. You know, I was doing the apps and I was living in New York City a couple of summers ago and I, I'd been on a few dates, a few, a series of first dates that had been increasingly bad, even after all the vetting that I do. Cause I, you know, I've, I've listened to your podcast. I know you vet too. And yeah. so <laughs> we, we are vetters. We, we don't, we don't have time to, we've got other things to do. I don't want to just go out on a date just for the sake of the date. Right. I don't need free dinners, you yeah. know? Yeah. And so, <laughs> Terrible and so, reason for women to go on a date is because I want a free dinner. Let's just not do exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> My time is more valuable than your free dinner. Right. And so, Um, so I would give guys like an hour for coffee. I'd be like, I have an hour for coffee and, and see how it goes. It just kept being bad, bad, bad. And things that you don't even think to vet for, like the last date that I went out on, which was just kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back was, uh, he, he was a racist and it was just this kind of like subtle racism that he doesn't think he's a racist, you know, like that kind of racist that shows up in his dialogue. It doesn't even occur to me to vet for that. Like there's, we're in a dating profile. Are you a racist? Everybody's going to answer no. Yeah. But they, you know, (laughs) so I was just like, I cannot do this. And I was talking to the Lord about it. And I was just like, I hate this. This is so frustrating. It's such a waste of my time. Do I have to keep doing this? And I just felt like the sweet voice of the Lord, like, no. And so I was like, but you know, I want to be married. And I felt like the Lord was like, I know. And I was like, but I don't have to do this anymore. <laughs> and I felt like I was like, no. And so what's interesting was for all those years that I spent intentionally pursuing dating through every possible venue. Okay. I'm going to try the apps. I'm going to try real life. I'm going to try the speed dating. I'm going to try this. I'm going to try all of that. I had put so much effort and so much time into it. And it had, it had built it, it had built into this mounting frustration. Yeah. And I just felt so relieved that I got to stop doing it. Mm-hmm. There was a moment where I grieved it. There was a, a, you know, there was a period where I really mourned it, but I really felt like, and I really felt like I was supposed to intentionally pursue singleness with the same effort that I had put toward dating. I should put that toward singleness. Doesn't mean my desire went away. It just means that I now I'm not on the apps anymore. 
I don't go to places with the intention of meeting men. I, my friends who want to set me up with people, I, they know now at first they thought like, let me just keep trying, but now they know don't try. And so I just intentionally pursue singleness Mm. and it has been so surprisingly joy inducing shocking. You know what's so interesting about that? So I I think it's so good and so challenging to hear because I think the thing that I see often with singles is we are on a journey to kind of we have that desire and it's like we it's almost this thing that we can't get out of our heads. It's like we no matter what you interact with a guy or somebody of the opposite gender and you're thinking about it. There's just something there that yeah. you're almost always thinking, "Oh, is that guy single?" Yeah. Is this guy or, you know, if the, for the guys listening, same with women, like, oh, are they eligible? Oh, like, you know, you're checking out their finger. Like, who who is it that I can talk right. to here? You know, like, and it's a real thing. You're at church and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't recognize that person. Are they new? Oh, my goodness. Should I get right. to know Who's them? That? Are they eligible? <laughs> you know, <laughs> only to find out they're married. They just weren't wearing their ring and you're like so devastated. But you're constantly <laughs> like, seriously, and you constantly, this is like the cycle we go through. And I do know that so so much of our audience is exhausted from it as well. And so, mm-hmm. you know, what has come from this season of being truly intentionally single? I have a lot of follow-up questions for you. And so, but I, you said that there's a lot of joy and your friends don't even yeah. ask you to set you up anymore. Um, what has this season allowed you to do and being able to focus solely on just your singleness and your time with God? First, I'll give this caveat, yeah, which is that it's it is hard to turn off that part of your brain right. that it, that just is like, is he single? Is he looking at me? Oh, he smiled at me. You know, right? I was in a Zoom meeting the other day, and there were you know ten of us in this Zoom meeting. Most of the people I did not know, and there was a really attractive man in the Zoom who loves the Lord and was showing me a lot of attention. And one of my friends who was in the Zoom texted me, and she was like, "Uh, we, I think he, is he going to get your number? Like, what's going on here?" <laughs> it was like obvious to other people, and I was like. I, I need to reassess my thoughts here because it's so easy to wander off on that Yeah, and, and waste time in that. And first of all, I will say he then friended me on, on social media yeah. and it became very clear that this was not a person I would want to date. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Right. So the Lord really <laughs> rescued me quickly from my brain, maybe going off the, off the rails. So it does still happen. It's not that I don't still like, I love men. I still, you know, marriage is still sort of in my bones, but that doesn't mean I get a yes to it and it, and I don't want to waste any more time on it. And so what it has afforded me in answer to your question is, do you know how, when you're just striving to make something happen and you finally release it, how freeing that is? It's just that striving, that hamster wheel. And when you finally go, I'm resigned to to what God has placed in my life. What does it look like to pursue contentment in the space that I'm in instead of moving out of the space that I'm in? What does it look to turn my dwelling place into a home instead of always chasing the real estate market and looking for the next thing down the line? Because you probably have lots of married friends who, if you spend enough time with them, you find out their lives are, in many ways, much harder than ours. And so I think there has been such a release of my stress and frustration. I think I'm more fun to be around. <laughs> and um, and so that's that's good for me. It's a weight off my shoulders. But then as far as actual time goes, the time that I'm not on the apps, the time that I'm not on 
uh, on dates and things like that has given me time to do things like the Bible recap. I started the Bible recap a month yeah. after I committed to intentional singleness. Wow. Wow. And so it was truly hundred hour work weeks for a year. And we're doing a lot more projects right now that are, are making this year very full as well. Yeah. We're translating into American sign language, into Spanish. We're going to start French soon, I think, who knows? Um, and just more writing and more projects. And we now have a second daily podcast that goes along with the Bible recap where we pray through the Bible in a year. And so we're doing a lot of stuff. And uh, to my delight, it's all like kingdom work. It's all eternal stuff that's going to last a whole lot longer than a one hour coffee date. So what I can do in an hour doing kingdom work is a whole lot more than I can do hanging out with some guy I'm probably never going to see again for an hour. Even though he's a real person with a real soul and, you know, like made in the image of God. Grateful I'm not in that space anymore. Yeah. And I, I, it is so phenomenal how you have used your singleness. You know, I mean, similarly, my heart of dating started when I was in a period of total heartbreak. I thought I was going to marry somebody. I, I thought it was my person. And it, the rub, rug totally got rip, ripped out from underneath me. I did not see that relationship ending. And neither did people in my life. You know, I look back now and I see, I can see more. But at the time, it was just very unexpected. And and it was in that place of grieving and being like, all right, I'm releasing <laughs> this moment. I didn't go truly. I mean, I was single for a while after that, but I didn't exactly release, get to the place where you were. But I did instead say to myself, I could sit here and loathe dating and just hate men. Or I can say, you know what? How do I live into the fullness of the current season God has me in? How do I not live into the, all the negative thoughts that come with grieving and heartbreak and disappointment and things not working out? <laughs> because usually those are about me it, or they're about men, which also isn't great because then I'm kind of putting all men, blanketing them all into a bucket that all guys are bad or you know they're all a certain way. So it's either that or I start thinking poorly about myself and that I'm not worthy or I'm never going to get something or I'm trying so hard and it's just it's all back to something's wrong with me instead of realizing that there's so much God still wants me to do even if this desire isn't being filled at this moment in time and actually that's actually the next question I wanted to ask you because you bring this up in uh, the talk that you did and I thought it was so phenomenal we got so many people who commented on this but you know we kind of cherry pick verses in the Bible oftentimes. We're like, you know, Psalm 37, 4, right? Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And you mentioned this, like then from there, we're like, okay, great. I'm going to delight myself in all the things of the Lord. I'm going to do all these things. It's like a checklist. It's like, we're trying to be the perfect Christian people. And then if we do that, then God's going to bring us someone, you know, like that's almost without, maybe we don't say it. Maybe we, it's just internally we're thinking right. <laughs> it's like this bargaining with God. All right, God, fine. Mm -hmm. Like I will do all these things if you give me a husband or a wife. Right. right? Yeah. And, and, and we really, in a way, it's like we're trying to manipulate God to be like, which is impossible mm -hmm. to do, but that we're almost mm -hmm. trying to do it. It's like, fine. But all of my good deeds and work and all this good work for you is coming with the caveat that you better deliver on this other thing. Right. Right. I've felt those exact feelings. I've, yeah. I've even said to God out loud, I regret obeying you. It didn't mm -hmm. go how I wanted it. And see, that's oftentimes what I'm feeling in my conversations with people on the podcast and in our community. And there's so many, especially people in, I find this in their thirties and forties where they're like, 
you know, Kate, I have tried super hard and nothing's happening. And I don't even, they start questioning God because this desire is not being filled. And so uh, would you go into just for a second, what you said about, you know, our good desires and God giving us a no, I, I want you to kind of explain that because you yeah. did it so well in this talk. And I, I thought it was just incredible. So I think when we take that idea of Psalm 37, four and make it our mantra, it's clear that we're trying to like corner God. Like, look, I've done all, I've delighted myself in you. Now you owe me. <laughs> and that is, I mean, that is just a, that's a horrible perspective. All of us in our sinful hearts have that, have that thought at times, um, which is why I told God, I regret obeying you because I had, I had done all I had, you know, like kept my virginity, all the, done the courting, done the no kissing, done all this thing. And like I said, in the talk, there was even a point where I had my pastor be the person that guys had to ask if they wanted to go out with me. The guy would ask me out and I would say, you have to ask my pastor. Wow. <laughs> not intimidating. It's okay. (laughs) Right. And I was like, well, saves me time, you know, but, um, I had, I had done it all and it just resulted in not marriage. And so when I began to dig into the scriptures and see more of the lens of what that, what that verse means and the overall teaching of scripture on our prayers and our desires, I began to see uh, this verse through a couple different lenses, which one of which is if you delight yourself in the Lord, what are the desires of your heart? (laughs) Though the Lord, you know, and then also the idea that God is the one who changes our hearts to look like his as we are conformed to his image, as we get to know him more so that we begin to desire the things that he desires. And it doesn't mean that we don't still have our, our fleshly desires. When, when I say fleshly, people hear bad. I don't mean I'm not saying I desire to go out and murder people like uh, going to, to get desire to get married is still a it's still a desire of this, the earthly kingdom, not, you know, the eternal kingdom. And so submitting those fleshly desires to the spiritual desires, which are my spiritual desires are to honor God, to, to do what he wants, to delight in him more than anything else, to find contentment in him, despite my circumstances in life. And so when I can submit my fleshly desires to my spiritual desires, then my heart begins to look like his. And so, you know, Jesus told the uh, the disciples that had been following him for a few years, and they'd, they would ask him for all kinds of stuff. And at one point he says to them, if you ask me anything in my name, I'll do it. The, and they've asked him for a lot of things. But he says, up to this point, you haven't asked me for anything in my name. In scripture, God's name is synonymous with his will, his character, his personhood. And so he will say yes to everything that aligns with his will. So up until now, I have been praying against God's will because he has not said yes to it. And that is where the tension and the rub has come for me. We see in scripture, all of these people that we hold up as pinnacles of like, like these are the people we aspire to be. They all got to know from God. David got to know. Paul got to know. Jesus himself, who is God, got a no from the Father God. And praying something that we get a no to doesn't mean... God hates you. He's denying you. He's mean. It means he has something better that is his will, that is the the spiritual truth that supersedes the fleshly desire. Honestly, when I also heard your talk and as I heard you say this, I've realized too, just even in my own ministry, catching myself thinking back, like how many times have I encouraged people that if that's your desire, God will provide it, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. 
that's not necessarily the case. And it doesn't mean that God is not good. It doesn't mean that our desire is bad. Is that correct? Right? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Nailed it. So it means that the desire is still good, but him giving us a no on that desire doesn't mean he's bad. It means that he wants something else for us right now or potentially for the our whole time here on earth. There's there's even a specific place in scripture where God said, like God makes that articulates the very thing you just said where David wants to build the temple for God. This has never existed before. They've been living in a tent in the wilderness. They come to the promised land, they're living in a city and David's like, "You know what? You need I have a house. You should have a house. I want to build you a house." And God knows that he will have a house, but it's not David's job to build it. So God tells him you do well to desire this. Like This is a good desire. The answer is no. That's for someone else to do. And he's like, it's it's a good desire. He's just like, nope. Yep. Good desire. And it's going and it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen for you. Man, that is challenging for so many people. And I, I feel like I'm so glad that you said that you lamented part of your season, like, you know, and you grieved. I want to give permission to anybody listening to this right now. Like, please, like, absolutely. God wants to be with you in grieving some of these mindsets that you may have had, because I think that we have miscommunicated this for a really long time about these desires. And we've mm-hmm. held on to it like God absolutely will give it to us you know like a, mm-hmm. the marriage desire and it it just we see it scripturally and i love the way you're breaking it down terribly like it is clear it is clear here but it's not clear with all the talks we've maybe heard and different teachings and <laughs> right. the way we've personally interpreted things you know <laughs> and we're like and even oh. the well-meaning counsel we give our our girlfriends and our guy right. friends like yes. you deserve a man who bl-. and i'm like i deserve nothing but hell and death and eternal separation from god everything else is his generosity to me. So I don't deserve a husband, much less a good one, but maybe he'll get me one. Who knows? Uh, And so when we do that, you deserve talk. It pushes us further into thinking God is cruel for withholding from us what we clearly deserve because all our girlfriends said so. All the Instagram posts tell us what we deserve and that we're worthy of this. And no, I'm worthy of hell. Everything else is the goodness and and abundant (laughs) generosity of my father, God. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I'm like convicted over here, girl. <laughs> I mean, of course. Now, let me, here's a, a caveat to this. I would tell my girlfriend they shouldn't date someone who treats them poorly. Right. But yeah. the language I would use is not, you deserve X. Yeah. Yeah. I hear but that. that. Your father is protective of you. Do you think that this is the kind of man that your father would bring to you as a very good gift? Is this a good gift? Because your father gives you good gifts. He delights to give good gifts to his children, scripture tells us. And so is this a good gift? Doesn't look like a good gift to me. But gift is way different than deserve. Gift is free. Right. We do find ourselves really entitled. I do find that so often in our single desk, like we are entitled to it. And that means that we, we walk there. And there is a difference, in my opinion, between a level of pride, which is not... It, it's sin, totally sin. It, like I deserve, I, I am worthy of all of this because I am the absolute best versus just knowing the confidence that we have in God. Like I can, right. I, I know yeah. who I am and, you know, I will not 
I will have boundaries. I will not take somebody treating me a certain way. Like I will, I will be honoring to God and to myself because to honor myself is honoring also to God. And so, absolutely. And and yeah. that's where I think there's that the there's a difference there though, where sometimes we we lie in dating in this prideful sense, whether we really see it that way or not. And I think it's perpetuated by the conversations we're having, well-meaning conversations. But to your point that get in our locked into our mind of like, no, 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 I am deserving of this. And we, we just need to debunk it a little bit, which is why I'm so glad we're talking about it right now. <laughs> I think we've, sw- in order to try to correct this, be a doormat, mm-hmm. anybody can like it being a Christian means like, you know, that you can be in an abusive relationship because you turn the other cheek or you can like, we've swung the pendulum the other direction, which is that you're a princess and you deserve the best. Like, (laughs) and we just, there's none of, there's no biblical balance that's found in there. God is protective of his children. God is a father who gives good gifts and God doesn't give all the same gifts to everyone. And that's clear as far as spiritual gifts. And that's clear, according to Paul, with marriage and singleness as well. And so I think the the pendulum, we've we've overcorrected that be a doormat, accept anything with this, you deserve everything and God's going to give it to you. Right. And I mean, Disney doesn't help. I love Disney, but like, <laughs> you know, like it doesn't help that we have all these narratives, mm-hmm. especially in our current cultural era. That's like the man is going to save you and you are this princess that's like deserving of X, Y, Z. You know, we have these narratives and I love Disney. I really do. I mean, it's magical and joyous and I feel childlike joy, but there's some of these narratives. I'm so glad that they've moved away from those princess narratives and more to to less of like a, a princess needing rescuing from a prince and all of that because then we that's the we start walking that out whether we realize it or not it's not just disney it's so many different influences and and then the the conversations we're having uh so terry in this for somebody who's listening who's like oh my gosh i feel so convicted right now but they they still you know they have the desire for marriage how how do you walk this out or what would be your suggestion for somebody who still, maybe they want to do intentional singleness, or maybe they're like, I'm still wanting to try it, but how do I do this in a way that where I'm more surrendered to the process and I'm not expecting this of God because he has to do it because I'm doing all these things for him, you know? Like what, what would be your suggestion there at, for them walking forward? You know, I think back to the earlier part of our conversation where we talked about when we start each day in conversation with God, mm. it shapes the whole rest of our day. Yeah. And so I think for the person who is living in the tension of that right now, it may be that that person is already in God's word every day and they're just fighting the good fight. They're just, you know, struggling through it. And um, it may be that they're a person who's not in God's word. And so I would say, regardless where you are in that, spending time with God and getting to know his character, looking for him on the pages of scripture and not your to-do list and not the things don't look for, don't try to snatch promises out of their context and make them mean what you think they mean or what you want them to mean. Don't look for what God owes you. Just look for who God is, what he loves, what he hates, what motivates him to do what he does and get to know God because when you get to know God and you know that that person is your father, it makes whatever comes your way a little easier to handle and accept. It makes it more possible to be content in those spaces. One of the things that I think I referenced this in my talk, that we pray these these prayers that are, are well-meaning of like, give me what I want or take away the desire. 
Mm-hmm. And yep, when God doesn't go. take away the desire, we presume that that means, okay, he's going to give me what I want because he hasn't taken away the desire. But I don't think Paul ever start, stopped wanting his thorn in the flesh to go away. But God said, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so that meant it was a daily surrender of you could take this away and you're not because you're showing me something about yourself through it. This is a conduit to reveal God to me. My singleness is God's conduit to reveal himself to me. Someone who's married, that marriage is God's conduit to reveal himself to them. And so what I would say is every day, be looking for who God is. He will reveal himself to you through your singleness, through your time in the word with him. And whether you ever stop desiring marriage or not, whether that is your thorn in the flesh or not, you will come away knowing him more, feeling more joy finding more confidence in where he's placed you and trusting him for whatever the future holds. So rich. It's so, it's so challenging, but so exciting at the same time, just hearing you say those words. And I know it's not easy. Like I I've wrestled with these same things, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and actually what I find is that I've come to a place where I am now is that in the last few years, I've learned to love my singleness so much that if a person comes in the picture, I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> like, you know, like, I, I actually really love the place I'm in so, so, so much that I can go to a friend's wedding. And sure, lots of my friends are getting paired off and, you know, great. But I can still go to that and be like, I love it. Great. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but I... Place to be because then you get to this place where if it if God does bring it along your path, you know you're only you're not going to choose it out of desperation. You're not going to choose it out of boredom. You're not going to choose it out of loneliness. You're going to choose it because it's an obvious upgrade. That's so good. So my question for you too, Tara Lee. I'm sure people are thinking this as they're listening to our conversation. In your time right now of intentional singleness and where you are and doing amazing things for the kingdom, truly, if a man came into your life and like truly tried to pursue you right now, six months, a year, would that mean you are saying like, if it, what would make you say yes? Or would you just immediately say no? That's kind of my question. Like, are you, cause I know you still have that desire. So where are you at with that? If that were to happen? I think all of that, uh, I'm not a prophet, first of all. So yeah. I, just, I have no idea what the future holds. Um, I'm like, and I, be prophetic yeah. right now and tell me exactly what. Right, yeah. So I have no, I have no idea what the future holds. Um, and people people do often ask me that a lot. What I find is a lot of times when I get that DM or that email or that personal conversation or the person coming up to me after I've spoken at their church or whatever, they, and I don't think this is what you're doing, by the way, but a, a lot of times they're asking me because they think, okay, I'm going to commit to this singleness, but I don't want to like feel locked into it forever. So if she's not locked into it forever, then I have an excuse to still say yes to a guy. If I want to go out with like, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they you know, um, so I don't think that's what you're doing here. No, but I think, I'm uh, just so curious. You're, yeah. Yeah. You're being a great interviewer is what you're doing. And so, uh, I think you're, you're asking the question of the listener right now. Yeah. And so I, I don't know what the future holds. Hmm. I, am in regular daily communication with the God who is already in the future, who built my future. And so I'm just going to try to follow where he leads me as to the best of my ability, the best of my ability to discern what he's saying and doing. I think there would be probably, here's my guess. I think there would be initial resistance in me out of mistrust of myself. Like, 
am I just letting myself think I could do this? Cause I think this guy's like, cause he's got big thighs and he's like, you know, you know, <laughs> handsome and like loves the Lord. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, um so, oh like, is that why I'm, am I fooling myself? There would yes. be like this initial hesitation on my part. And then there would probably be a point where I would like talk to my community about it and be like, okay, so here's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm not really sure. I don't really know that I trust myself in this. I've been talking to the Lord about it. I don't know that I can like discern this clearly. Will you pray with me on this? Do you have anything to speak into this? Any wisdom to speak into this? I think it'd be a process just, just out of my lack of trust. Cause I know my heart. I know how I like to lie to myself about what I want. And so that's why I didn't, I actually didn't talk to anybody about intentional singleness because whenever I talked to the Lord about this and it was so opposite of what I wanted, like <laughs> I want to get married, right? but I felt like the Lord was like, no, we're, we're going to do this. You know, I didn't need to talk to anybody about it because I knew that was the Lord. It, it wasn't just God speaking back to me what I wanted to hear, yeah, you know? Yeah. I think that's so good. And, and so real. It's like, I think for me, as I hear you speaking, it's like for anyone listening who's really in this place, who's like, maybe this is the path they, they're feeling God wants them to be on, you know, after this interview, or they're going to process it and pray and, and see what God reveals to them. But I think no matter where, if you are really going to pursue that intentional singleness or let, or you're going, it's either that, like how, where you're at, Terry, or in my mind, where, where I kind of feel like, where I'm like, I, as a single person, I my hope and my prayer is to steward this time as best as I can for the kingdom while being open-handed to the process. For me, I still am active in the dating process, but for me, it's constantly coming back to my intentions. Why am I doing this? Am I doing this because I'm trying to force God's hand or I need a specific validation or I need this to come true? Like I need a husband because if I don't, have a boyfriend that leads to a husband, then it will show me that I'm unworthy or I'm not valuable right. or, you yeah. know, like, and yeah. a lot of times if I'm being real in the past, sometimes those were my desires or those are my intentions for going out and doing the act of dating, you know? And that's, I, whenever I am coaching mainly women and some guys, but I, I'm talking to them like, if you're going into this journey with a certain expectation that this is going to fulfill make your life so much better, it's just not going to be that way. <laughs> you know, like right. it's not all sunshine and roses. Mm -hmm. And that person is a human being that will let you down. <laughs> mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. nobody has the ability to make you feel entertained and happy for the rest of your life. And that that's not what relationship and especially not what marriage is built for. So anyhow, I can go in my soapbox on there all day long, but I think that what is our intention and what, how are we using the time that God is given us right now? And that's kind of where I've kind I've had to just open my hands and say, God, help me to come back to that every single day. I love that. I love that you're checking your motives on all that because that that's a huge thing that I wish I had been more intentional about my motive when I was younger. Mm. But I think a lot of that comes with self knowledge and and. Um, learning about more about who the Lord is and to be able to discern your motives, you have to sort of have to have a lens to filter them through. Right. And so if you can't filter them against scripture because you don't know scripture and you don't know God, then it's more challenging to get an accurate representation of what's really happening right. in your life and your heart. Yeah. Oh, man. The only reason I'm even like able to say these things right now is because I truly got in so many relationships that knocked me to my lowest where, you know, it's mm -hmm. like I had to be in that low, low, low point to 
go into the cave to say, God, I have nothing but you. Like I've pushed everyone else away and put so much of my identity in relationships and men. And so I had to take a really hard, really hard look at myself. Like, hey, why have I never been truly single? That's my, my story. And we won't get into all those details. But it's like, I'm only able to say that now because I had to go. I personally went through the fire and had to come back to who am I without all of the relationships? Who am I without all the validation from men? And who is just Kate, <laughs> child of God? Like, who is Kate? Uh, and what is Kate here to do just as an individual? Not because <laughs> I think that so often happens. I don't know if you experienced this, Tara Lee. We could go on a whole separate podcast about this, but the pressure from other people, even in ministry, of you should have somebody else, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why does that get? Why, why am I suddenly uncredible because I'm not married? <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's real. Absolutely. <laughs> Man, girl, this is so rich and so challenging. There's even more things we can go into, but I'm just so thankful for what you shared today, Tara Lee, and, and how challenging it was in a really good way. I hope people feel challenged, but like encouraged yeah. because it's not lost on you or me. You know, like we were really, we said, I said this before the interview, like, you're not just the, you haven't gotten through it and you're to some other. Right, I'm like, in it. Yeah, right. It's like, yeah, yeah. I certainly want to discourage, don't want to discourage someone else out there who's in the same space that I'm in because I don't want to be discouraged. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I think is so encouraging, like seeing how, where you're at currently to mm-hmm. this day and what you're doing with your life and ministry and how you know yourself even more, know God, know God even more, like, and you feel so fulfilled through all of that. Your desire for marriage hasn't gone to the wayside per se, but you are so free and satisfied truly with where you are in this current season. And that that's a beautiful thing. And I think it's so encouraging for the listeners to hear that. So we end every interview with the same question. So I'm going to ask it to My you as nugget. well. Yes. What is your nug <laughs> of dating advice, girl? Right. Which you gave a lot of nugs today, but... <laughs> Love my nugs, you know. <laughs> now I'm thinking of Chick fil A nuggets. Okay? I know, me too. I'm like, I'm going to get some Chick fil A now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not a sponsor, right? So. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> but if you want to, I know. But Chick fil A, if you're listening, hey. <laughs> no, so I mean, I have sort of have two, I guess. Then, so for the person who has been trying and it just keeps coming up zero like it did for me, mm. maybe it's time to consider changing things up and just like stopping for a while. Mm. Like talk to God about it. If your dating efforts don't seem to be leading to blessing and thriving, Mm. then it might be time to move on to what God is blessing, which is right now your singleness. Put all your ducks in that. That's not what it is. Put all your eggs in that basket. (laughs) I was going to say, put all all your ducks in that basket. (laughs) That would be cute. (laughs) But all the eggs. (laughs) But then my, my main nugget would be the wisdom that one of my mentors gave me years ago, which is the thing I mentioned at the Heart of Dating Conference. Mm. Um, The only reason to get married is if the two of you would bring more glory to God together than you would apart. Like if not marrying that person, if staying single would actively rob God of glory he deserves, Hmm. then marry. Otherwise, stay single. Ooh, that is good because I know there's some people on here being like, but maybe it'll be okay one day, but maybe I can make this work. I mean, there's only unhealth for about 80% of the time, but that 20%, you know, (laughs) (laughs) it's really good then. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's our job, our whole 
our reason for existing is to know God, love God and glorify him. Yeah. And so if you're doing less of that by being with the person, you need to not be with the person. And that's convicting because there's a lot of people that have, myself included, that a lot of relationships bring up a lot of things for people, you know, that, and, and that can be a good opportunity to look into those things, but there has to be a balance for how much you are so consumed by the relationship and losing yourself within that, which I've fallen to many times. Ooh, Tara Lee, so, so good. And thank you so much, friend. If people want to connect with you and just get involved with all you're doing with D Group and just everything, how, how do they do that? The, uh, the Bible recap.com is where you can find out about joining us in the Bible reading program and um, Tara Lee Cobble on Instagram. Those are the best ways. And mydgroup.org is where you can go to find out about jumping in with our Bible studies online, around the world, in churches, all that. So those are my three lanes there. I love it. And uh, and your book is coming out again. Say it one more time. November? In November, right? November 3rd is Election Day. So if, it's, oh, if you're in the U.S., my it's gosh. Election Day. Okay. Right. We're going to need some Jesus. Let's make it exactly. happen. Exactly. No matter what happens, we right. need to be in the Word. <laughs> so. Oh, my gosh. we got to all prepare. Yeah. Let's just. Yep. <laughs> That's brilliant. I know I'd love to receive a really helpful Jesus book the week of the election. So I'm just saying. <laughs> Right, right. Put in those pre-orders, uh, y'all, because you're going to want right. that that week. I promise you that. <laughs> you're going to need it in your mailbox on that day, yeah, no matter seriously. what happens. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, Tara Lee, thank you so much, friend, for everything you shared today. Your heart, just your story, where you're at is so, so good and encouraging for the listeners. So couldn't appreciate you more. Thanks for having me, Kate. I have loved being here, and I hope we get to do it again someday. All right, now, can you say hashtag convicted? I don't know about anybody else, but y'all, I was surely convicted in that interview with Tara Lee Cobble, and I am so grateful for her honesty, and I love how we just were able to talk so openly, and she was able to help challenge some of my mindsets, and gosh, this is what iron sharpening iron looks like, truly. What a great conversation. I pray that you were as challenged as I was, because I really do think we can get stuck into some mindsets that just are not true about our desires and about God and his goodness and when God gives us no's and what he wants us to truly do in this season. So friend, I pray that you really think and reflect about this episode and think about how you are thinking and talking about your singleness life. And also, what are you going to do different after today? What are some things that you are going to start changing and shifting so you could truly take advantage and cultivate an incredible moment and season for God? All right, you guys, what a cool episode. I can't wait to see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. 